Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. It's your girl, Denise Salcedo, and today it is Tuesday, January 30th, and I am here to chat about WWE NXT. And all right, so first and foremost, this NXT was the go-home show into Vengeance Day, uh, which is going to be the first premium live event for NXT this Sunday. God, I feel like it's been forever since we've had a Sunday WWE pay-per-view, so I'm actually kind of looking forward to that um and before i get into nxt and all of that good stuff um i just want to take a second to thank everybody who has checked out any of my royal rumble content guys it has been insane insane literally from friday through i'm gonna friday through sunday i posted 28 new interviews and then today i posted another one with jordan grace so on top of all the WWE superstars that I spoke to, which included Rhea Ripley, Cody Rhodes, Jade Cargill, Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, and all these other people. On top of that, I also talked to Jordan. So there's so much freaking content, guys, going up right now on the channel. It's up right now. Check it out. Um, believe it or not, for all of the NXT fans, um, my most watched video from this week is an interview that I did with Tiffany Stratton and Ludwig Kaiser. And yes, they are a couple, guys. And it was actually kind of funny because I I was getting ready to do, um, you know, I was on the press line waiting to see who was walking down and it's hectic. There's always a lot going on and you got to really be on your toes because you don't want to miss anybody when they walk through. And it was funny because I had just finished an interview and I looked at my camera and through my camera, I can see that behind me was Ludwig Kaiser because he's so tall. So I noticed him right away. So I turned around and I was like, hey, Ludwig, can you do an interview with me? And he was like, yeah, sure. So then he walks and he gets close to me and he has this beautiful blonde woman next to him and I turn and it wasn't until she was right in front of my face I was like oh my god Tiffany <laughs> like it took me a second and it was so funny because I like forgot or I don't know if I forgot or I just didn't really like, realize they were a couple so it kind of took me a second to be like oh shit and so we did the interview um obviously all of the red carpet interviews are a lot shorter because you've got to really go 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 um because everybody's coming through and if you take too long then you're gonna miss everybody um but yeah so if you guys haven't checked out the royal rumble content please do i think there's a lot of good stuff that you guys will like in there uh the channel is definitely blowing up right now over three thousand new subscribers if you're here if you're one of those new subscribers, thank you so much. Um, I do stream live multiple times during the week. I'm live on Tuesdays to talk about NXT. I'm live on Wednesdays to talk about AEW Dynamite. Fridays, I'm here to talk about SmackDown. Certain Saturdays, I'm here for Collision. And then I also do pay-per-views and all of this other stuff here on the channel. So uh, you'll definitely get a lot. What I like to say that this channel is, is a wrestling buffet. Uh, you just get a bunch of everything, video interviews, press conference, shorts, podcasts, news, you name it, it's happening here on the channel. But with that being said, let's get to NXT, baby, because there's some things we got to get into. Um, we got, first and foremost, thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for uh, sending over five DWO memberships. We also have Steven here who says, I got to know Denise's reaction to her fave or right group Oriet's group chase you and how good okay okay and he says and how good is ariana grace would love to see her and chelsea green team up okay 
We're going to talk about Chase U in just a second because you guys know how I feel about Chase U, all right? I try. I really, really try all the damn time. We'll talk about that in a sec. But when it comes to Ariana Grace and Chelsea Green, that would be a phenomenal pairing. And I can't believe that I didn't think about that until literally right now. Uh, Steven, now that you put that out there, that is more. I would really love to see that someday. Uh, thank you so much for sending that in. Let's get to it, guys. I'm going to kick things off with the way that the show ended. I want to start with the biggest story, and that is Trick Williams and Elia Dragunov, along with Carmelo Hayes, and this whole entire melee that occurred. So, as I said, we're headed to Vengeance Day, and Trick Williams is going to wrestle not once, but twice on the show. And on top of that, both matches have a whole lot at stake because he is in the finals of the Dusty Cup Classic after today himself and Carmelo Hayes defeated the LWO, uh, Joaquin Wilde and Cruz Del Toro in what was a really fun match, actually. And so they get the win and they're headed off to Vengeance Day. They're going to be facing Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin. But as we know, because it's been announced for the last couple of weeks, we're also going to be seeing Trick Williams versus Carmelo Hayes. I mean, sorry. Oops. <laughs> yeah, Trick Williams versus... Sorry, I'm already thinking of Carmelo Hayes. Trick Williams versus Elia Dragunov. My bad, guys. My bad. Um, I'm so used to saying Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes together that it's like, just comes out. Anyways. Trick Williams versus Ilya Dragunov at Vengeance Day for the NXT Championship. Now, the last couple of months, we have been seeing Carmelo Hayes play all of these mind games. We're all seeing the red flags in this friendship between Trick and Carmelo. And Trick is blinded. Like, this guy is not seeing any of it. He has successfully let Carmelo Hayes manipulate him and get into his head. We kicked off the show with Carmelo Hayes once again reiterating to Trick Williams that Ilya Dragunov has been playing all of these mind games on him when in reality, it's been the other way around because Ilya Dragunov has been nothing but respectful to Trick Williams. He respects the fact that he won the Iron Survivor Challenge. He respects the fact that he earned this matchup and respected him enough to give him the biggest platform and the soonest platform to get his match for the NXT Championship. But Carmelo Hayes is trying to make it seem like Ilya Dragunov planned all of this like he planned for trick williams to have to wrestle twice so that when he does wrestle him for the championship that he's pretty much already done and tired um from the tag team match earlier in the night so what we get is this face-to-face -face between elia and trick williams now the last time that we saw both of these men together again they were respectful but since then, Carmelo Hayes has been working his magic. And so all of a sudden, we see Trick Williams' attitude change towards Ilya. He's no longer being respectful of him. Instead, he is basically accusing him of setting him up for failure. He's accusing him of not wanting to give him a real opportunity to wrestle when he's 100%. And clearly, we all know that's BS. We all know that's bullshit, right? So Ilya Dragunov starts telling him like, no, you are letting 
Carmelo Hayes, get into your head. And I love this. I loved that Ilya Dragunov was the voice of reason here. He was bringing up everything that you and I and the viewers and everybody watching NXT have been talking about for months. He tells them it's clear that he's gotten into his head and that he didn't force Trick Williams to accept this match. He didn't force him. And... <laughs> Um, he says, like, I played mind games, but I played the mind games on Baron Corbin. I didn't play them on you. And so I find it funny, by the way, that Ilya Dragunov is constantly being accused of things. If you guys remember, Carmelo Hayes first accused Ilya Dragunov of, of attacking Trick Williams when we all know it wasn't him. And now he's being accused of manipulating and playing mind games to uh, Trick Williams and setting him up for failure. So this pretty much all leads to them eventually shaking hands. But when they do, they're jumped by Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker. So they come out, they jump both guys, and then Carmelo Hayes comes out to help them out. And we end up getting the separation. And the closing shot of the NXT, I got to say, I really, really loved. Because in the closing shot, you have on the outside, Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker looking up at Carmelo Hayes, who's in the ring. But Carmelo Hayes is standing alone because Trick Williams is face to face with Ilya Dragunov. So if you guys have been, um, you know, obviously paying attention, we know that Carmelo Hayes does not like that Trick Williams is more focused on the NXT championship picture than he is the Dusty Cup. And so we had this really cool little closing of the show that kind of foreshadowed a little bit of what may or may not happen at Vengeance Day. Now, we have all been waiting for this implosion between Carmelo and Trick Williams. It feels like at Vengeance Day, is the moment that it's going to happen. I'm not really too sure how this is all going to go down, how it's going to play out. So if you guys have any predictions, send them in because I feel like they can go in multiple directions. Right now, my gut is saying that my gut right now is saying that somehow, some way, Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker are going to defeat Trick and Carmelo. Carmelo is going to be so freaking pissed, so freaking livid about it, that he is going to get involved in Trick Williams' main event match against Ilya Dragunov. That's kind of where I'm at right now. If anybody has any better ideas, please send them in. All right, so let's get to it. Let's see what people are saying here in the uh, Super Chats. Thank you so much to everybody, by the way, who does send these. Uh, they help me out very, very much. Um, Matt Logan says, Denise, can you use Tatum Paxley as an assistant? Why? What if she all of a sudden gets obsessed the way that she got obsessed with Lyra? And she comes out here with a feather. Ooh, that would be creepy. Matt Logan, thank you for the super chat. Hunter Tillman says, one year strong in the DWO. Much love, Denise. Holy cow, Hunter, you have been a member of the DWO for one year? I can't believe it. That's freaking awesome. Uh, I didn't even realize that it's been a year since I started this. Like, what the hell? It's kind of crazy. Arnold Nicholson Jr. says, hi, Denise, your Royal Rumble interviews were good. Thank you so very much, Arnold. I had a phenomenal time chatting with everybody. Um, I loved so many of the interviews. I was so happy that I got to interview Jade Cargill. When I saw her um, 
it was it was funny because I was almost not going to go to the premiere, um, the Bianca and Montez Ford premiere, because I was going to come home early Sunday, do a post show from here, from Los Angeles. So that was my original plan. But then um, I got a message from PR that basically said, you should probably be at the event. And I was like, Okay, so I show up and I'm not really sure like what to expect. And then all of a sudden I see Jade Cargill coming through and I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Uh, of course, you know, Rhea Ripley's there and Liv Morgan and all these people that uh, I was very much looking forward to talking. So I'm very glad that I made all the changes. I changed my flight schedule. I changed my uh, I added an extra night to my Airbnb just so that I could stay Sunday and get those additional interviews. And it was definitely worth it. So I was very, very happy about that. Very happy that I did that. Steven Marchuli says, did you see Braun getting a wrestle? Do you see Braun getting a WrestleMania match? So I'm not sure, be but I do think it's a possibility, especially because when was it? Last night on Raw, there was a mention from Nick Aldis about Braun Breaker. He just, it was very casual. He said that he had, he was uh, going to call him on the phone or something like that. Or he called him on the phone and they were going to talk. Then, of course, we saw him at the Royal Rumble, made his Royal Rumble debut. He looked very, very impressive, was one of the highlights for the men's Royal Rumble. And then today, the first thing they did when Baron Corbin approached him was, again, talk about the Royal Rumble. So I don't know if he is someone that event that gets a WrestleMania match, that gets called up like right after NXT Stand and Deliver or I mean, even sooner than that, actually, to get a WrestleMania match, it would have to be way sooner than that. Or if he ends up doing a Raw After Mania debut, because you know that after Raw, after WrestleMania, the Raw After Mania, that we do get these big um, debuts. So I do think it could be a possibility that we see him around this WrestleMania season finally go to the main roster. But whether or not he's going to have the WrestleMania match, that I'm unsure about. Although it would be pretty, pretty cool. And I think given his performance at the Royal Rumble, I think at this point, it's pretty obvious that he's ready and keeping him on NXT at this point. It's just like, why? Why are you keeping him there much longer? He's kind of seen it, been there, done it all. He's probably going to win the NXT tag team titles with Baron Corbin, which would be cool because they are getting they do have some good chemistry with one another, so I wouldn't hate seeing them as tag team champions, and I think it's going to play into the storyline with Carmelo and Trick, as I mentioned. But uh, again, I think it all depends. But if we're, if we're past WrestleMania season and Braun Breaker still isn't on the main roster, at that point, they would just be lagging because realistically, he should be on the main roster already. People thought he was going to be drafted in the last draft and he wasn't which was kind of shocking but at the same time he ended up sticking around on nxt he ended up doing so much more we saw some character changes in him because if you guys remember the last time that braun breaker was nxt champion the crowd was turning on him they turned on braun breaker and so you know, it seemed like some things needed to be tweaked and he's definitely not getting, uh, you know, that kind of hate anymore. People are not turning against him. Now he's a, I don't even know. It's, he's like a tweener on the show now. I'm like, I feel like, I feel like he went full heel, but lately I've been feeling like he's been turning a little bit face with Braun Breaker. We started with Baron Corbin because they've been doing all of these like funny skits and stuff. So I kind of feel like we've been seeing a shift there. But either way, um, I think him sticking around on NXT 
maybe for these last couple of months since the draft was not a bad idea. But at this point, it's long overdue for him to go up to the main roster and start doing some things because we've been seeing a lot of people that we didn't expect to go to the main roster before Braun Breaker go to the main roster before Braun Breaker and are out there, you know, doing their thing and whatnot. So, so yeah, Rafael Garcia says, at this point, I just need to see HBK's for you page because now this is getting out of hand. A calendar, I'm not complaining, but there's a pattern. I think we all knew that that was JC Jane's idea. Uh, I feel like we had mentioned this at some point in the last show because it was very obvious. She had gotten all of these girls. She told them that they did a good job. What else were they going to do? A car wash? <laughs> a wet t-shirt contest? Uh, so they do this calendar, this 2024 uh, Women's uh, Andre Chase U University, whatever the hell they're calling it, calendar. And supposedly it's going to go on sale on Sunday. And that's how they're going to save the school. It was very, very hokey, but we'll get to that. Chris Lloyd says, I think Carmelo takes the fall in the tag match. Then Carmelo is going to cause Trick the title and admit he attacked him. I know because at this point, we never got the actual, we never actually found out who truly attacked him. It, it never actually came out. And I know that Lexus King at one point was trying to take the credit for it, but he was just trying to get a match. That was it. But we never actually found out that it was Carmelo Hayes that attacked Trick Williams. We've just been assuming this whole entire time that it was him. But um, if Carmelo Hayes takes the fall in the tag team match, it's going to be interesting to see what led to that. Because it might be a situation where either there's a miscommunication, maybe Trick Williams messes up, but he messes up accidentally and Carmelo Hayes takes it to heart. Or Carmelo Hayes loses the match and then starts feeling down about himself. And so he drags Trick Williams down with him. Who knows? We'll see. But there's no way that they're going to win. I don't feel like they're going to win the Dusty Cup because they can't have this happy ending. And then not... They can't have Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams win the Dusty Cup and then all of a sudden go into this match with Trick Williams and Elia and then have Carmelo Hayes cost them the match. Like that would not make sense considering that they would be going for the tag team titles. You see what I mean? So like you have to have to lose in order for whatever's supposed to play out in the main event for it to actually play out. All right. William Buner says Vic Joseph said he looks good in blue. Smackdown? I don't know, guys. I think that a Braun Breaker, I would like to see him on SmackDown. I think SmackDown would be a good place for him, but that's not to say he wouldn't be a, a, he wouldn't make a good spot in Raw. I think he'd be fine wherever. John Deller says who would take his place on NXT for Braun Breaker. Um, I would probably say like Trick Williams. Trick Williams feels like the hottest thing right now on NXT for the guys. Trick Williams is the only person that I can think of that has that kind of buzz surrounding his name right now. So I would probably say Trick Williams. Like, I can't think of somebody else that would get the attention on the NXT roster that Braun Breaker gets. And right now, Trick Williams' attention and buzz that he's getting on the show is off the charts. So he's doing good, man. Uh, thank you so much for sending that in. All right, guys. <laughs> it's... <laughs> okay, so I'm laughing because Chris Lloyd says Chase U only fan saves NXT. I'm not gonna lie, it crossed my mind when they first started teasing this, but then I thought, I don't know if they can mention OnlyFans on TV. 
right? Like, I don't think they can. So the only thing that they can do is the calendar. But it did cross my mind. And I think that it probably cost, crossed a lot of your guys' minds too. Sorry, guys. I'm all over the place. I've been talking every day. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> but let's go ahead and press on from here. All right. So we went through the main event portion of it all. Now I want to get into Roxanne Perez, Tatum Paxley, and Lyra Valkyra because you guys know I am so, so obsessed with this story and i'm so looking forward to seeing roxanne and lyra at vengeance day i'm very very excited about this and while i'm here i might as well say that roxanne perez freaking also killed it in the royal rumble i thought that the nxt girls came through um obviously including tiffany stratton in this in the women's royal rumble they absolutely killed it and this was roxanne perez's second time in the rumble so she did a good job. But anyways, so let's get to this. So as we all know, Tatum Paxley is obsessed with Lyra Valkyra. We're not really sure what kind of obsession she has. I don't know if this is a BFF obsession, a lover's obsession. I'm not really too sure. But it kind of feels, I don't know, man. The feather threw me off today. The feather definitely threw me off. I feel like the feather made it feel a little bit more romantic. Maybe feathers are, am I wrong here? Are feathers not somewhat romantic? Am I losing my mind here? Someone let me know in the comments. Do feathers, are feathers romantic? Because the feather made it feel like a romance thing. And I don't know if my mind is just in the gutter or if we associate feathers with romance. I do because I think about feathers. I think about fluffy pillows and then I think, okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm done with this word association. There's no way I'm crazy. I just know for a fact that I just know for a fact that that's how it feels. <laughs> All right. So I'm waiting for the chat to let me know, by the way. Anyways, so she's out there with a feather. And she's got this picture of her and Lyra. And she's just there like looking at it and she's got the eyes and she's texting her nonstop. And Lyra pops in and Lyra's like, stop it like she's fed up but it seems like no matter what Lyra says she's just not able to get through to Tatum and Tatum sees it as she wants to help her so that she can remain champion and stay champion like that's all she wants to see thank you so much AU says no Denise you got it right Tony says I personally don't think that's PG <laughs> I don't know guys I really don't know um anyways <laughs> so Last week, Tatum had put Roxanne Perez through a table, basically took her out, and Lyra was super pissed about it. So they made a match for this week between Roxanne and Tatum, and then Lyra was over on commentary. And during this, like, this wasn't a bad match. This was a fine little match here. Roxanne hits her with a dive. She gets her with the clothesline, and it kind of seemed like, Tatum was a little bit distracted by having Lyra out there on the commentary table. I feel like that kind of led to a little bit of a distraction. And that's why she was eventually taken out with that uh, dive from Roxanne Perez. But they finally get back into the ring. Roxanne hits her pop rocks and she wins this match. But then afterwards, Roxanne continues to attack Tatum Paxley. And so she's on top of her, wailing on her. And Lyra comes in and pulls her off. 
she pulls her off of Tatum Paxley. And so you have this confrontation between Roxanne and Tatum. I'm sorry, Roxanne and Lyra. And Tatum is on the mat just looking up like a damsel in distress. And she's so freaking happy, so freaking stoked that Lyra had her back, that Lyra saved her from this attack by Roxanne Perez. And I'm thinking, Lyra, what are you doing? What are you doing, Lyra? You want this girl off your back, yet you're giving her out here false hope? That's what she did. She just gave Tatum Paxley false hope of a possible friendship here. And Tatum's going to read this as something totally different. Like, we know why Lyra did it. Lyra did it because it was unfair for her to be attacked after she had already lost the match. And then given the fact that she's going into a match with Roxanne Perez, that's why Lyra did it. But in Tatum's eyes, Tatum is going to see this as a sign of friendship, as a sign of something more. And so I was just watching going... Lyra, you messed up here, girl. You messed up by helping out Tatum when you're trying to get rid of her. Anyways, I love this story, guys. I love it because, I don't know, I just think it's fascinating. Um, but also, I'm really excited about Roxanne and Lyra because I know that's going to be a really good match. Really good match. And I'm not expecting to see Roxanne Perez defeat Lyra. I don't think it would be the 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 time to do it. Not the time to do it right now. I think they can definitely tell more of a story here if they wanted to. So I'm not really expecting an actual title change at Vengeance Day. And I know a lot of people are probably assuming that Tatum Paxley is somehow, some way going to get involved and maybe help out Lyra here. Who knows? But we'll see. <laughs> Aaron Garcia sends in a super chat saying, tell me a lie playing during the Chase U tribute had me dying. NXT is really an HBK, HBK greatest hit shows. Oh, he does a lot of like throwback stuff, a lot of stuff like that. Uh, we've seen it quite a bit now on NXT. Thank you so much to Aaron Garcia for sending in the super chat. I really, truly appreciate that, man. All right, so let's go ahead and press on from here. And we kind of talked about this already, but I do want to go ahead and kind of run through it again um, briefly. And it was the match between the LWO and, and Trick, Trick Mello gang, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams versus Cruz Del Toro and Joaquin Wilde. Um, I've mentioned this now a few times, but LWO is really doing a great job as a tag team. Joaquin Wilde in particular has now been having like a standout moment on each and every single match that he's had, especially on NXT. He is being, he's getting these big moments by showing his athleticism, his high flying skills. That has been something that kind of gets people going like, wow. And so I've really been liking what they've been presenting there. There were some moments, there was a few hiccups during this match. But you know what, though? It, there was a moment, I'm trying to remember if it was Cruz. Yeah, it was Cruz Del Toro, I believe. At one point, kind of looked like he was going to like slip through the ropes. But he ended up catching himself. I was pretty impressed with the way that he did that. Um, There was maybe like one other hiccup, but I was just... You know, they were going so fast, moving so fast during this match that I was I was honestly astonished that they did everything pretty flawlessly for the most part. But this was very, very entertaining. I thought it was a really good match. And I say this every week and I'm going to say it, keep saying it. 
Do not forget that the LWO are an entertaining tag team because every time we see them wrestle, especially on NXT, it's this reminder that they're actually very exciting to watch. Uh, it's just a matter of giving them more of an opportunity, which I mean, I guess you can say they definitely are by getting these matches. And we're seeing them not just on NXT, but also over on SmackDown. So good match. And we are going to be getting Braun Breaker, uh, Baron Corbin versus Carmelo and Trick Williams, as we've talked about. We got David Capelin here who sends in a super chat saying, hello, Denise. I loved all of your interviews. How impressive is Ivy Nile in person? Also, I'm convinced Zelina is, is way less than five feet. Um, you towered over her. So, yeah. So I'm trying to remember what they say that Zelina Vega's height is because I'm legit five feet. Like I know this for a fact that I'm five feet. I've been measured in high school and I know I have not grown since then. However, I do wear these little platforms and I'll show you them. I'll show you, I'll show you my platforms. I wear these platforms. And so they add about like two inches, but I was towering over Zelina Vega way more than two inches i was she made me feel like andre the giant bro i was standing next to her and i was like damn i'm huge and i i'm never huge next to anybody anybody nobody uh everybody's always taller than me so for me to be in a situation like that it freaks me out but Zelina, she's freaking great she's so sweet um she's very very petite uh i think she's i don't know man if i were to assume i feel like she's more like 410 but she's also very very petite so she looks even tinier and um it doesn't help that i have a big head so you know yeah um, but, uh, thank you so much. And as in regards to Ivy Nile, she's just a very sweet person, very sweet, very down to earth. But, uh, her, the first thing that you're going to notice is just how like ripped she is. And especially when you see her next to somebody who's not a pro wrestler, who's not an athlete, who doesn't even really work out their arms like ever me uh she looks even way more impressive next to a regular average person me so yeah go check out that interview and you're gonna be looking at ivy and you're just gonna be like oh shit because keep in mind like you know ivy's fit she looks fit we we've we've talked about this but then she's in there with other athletes other wrestlers who are also fit but compare her to a regular girl it's great i love ivy now she's so sweet very, very sweet. Uh, David, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate it. Um, we got Will Chisholm here who says, I do love the way the LWO and the Legado del Fantasma storyline have been going. Let them keep cooking. I agree. And by the way, I didn't get to do a SmackDown post show because I was in Tampa, but I was so happy when I saw that Electra Lopez uh, was on SmackDown. Guys, we've been talking about this. We talked about this, how she was left out when Legada went to the main roster and we felt bad for Electra because she was stuck there and they didn't really have her doing anything. And then she got to go to SmackDown and now she's with Santos and, and Umberto and Angel Garza. I was so freaking happy for her. It feels like things are really picking up for her and I might as well talk about that now because so last week we were talking about Electra Lopez is really good promo. We talked about that. So she pressed with the promo. But then we got this match today between Lola Vice and Electra Lopez. And let me tell you guys, I'm going to be completely real here. I was not really expecting that much 
Oh, no. Oh, wait, sorry, guys. I don't know what happened. All right, there it is. So I was really not expecting that much from this match. Realistically, I, you know, we've only seen very limited matches from both women. We've seen limited matches from Lola, limited matches from Electra Lopez. So I was thinking, oh, they're probably just going to have like this very, very quick little match. Um, I wasn't expecting much. I truly was not expecting much. But let me tell you, I was very, very impressed with both of them here. And the big thing that I was most impressed with is that in this match, because keep in mind, the story here is that they were friends and Lola Vice screwed Electra Lopez, okay? She turned her back on her friends. In any situation, that means that these two people must now really hate each other. And in this match, when they went out there, like right away, Electra Lopez came in and like jumped on top of Lola Vice and started going her at her right away. I love that this match was presented more like a fight. These two girls came at it like with so much fire. They legitimately looked like they hated each other. And that was the thing that I really, really liked. And I hate to make comparisons here, but I'm going to have to make a comparison here because this is what I thought of right away. Keep in mind that the Lola Vice Electro Lopez storyline hasn't even really been going that long. They became friends fast and it ended very, very fast. With that being said, I thought there was more hatred in this match between these two girls than what we saw the first time we saw Gigi Dolan versus JC Jane uh, when they first wrestled each other. And I was absolutely astonished by that because they really came out there and they said, I don't like you. And they had their match exactly like that. And I had fun with this. I thought that they made... um. Electra Lopez looked like powerful. She had a lot of intensity. And then we saw her Lola. She goes out there with her little fast kicks almost. Uh, she she goes out there and she she does these really fast kicks. Um, I was going to say similar to Mike Bailey, but obviously nowhere near how Mike Bailey does them. But you know what I mean by these really fast strikes that she kind of uh, hits to her opponents. And then she ends up doing a hip attack. Loved that. I thought that was really cool. And I thought that they did phenomenal. I think at one point, Electra Lopez power bombs her. That looked good too. But eventually, she hits Lola hits her with a spin kick and she wins this match, which is what I was expecting because from the looks of it, Electra Lopez is now on SmackDown. So this seemed to be like possibly her last match on NXT. Uh, and it seemed like she was kind of giving, you know, the moment to Lola Vice because Lola Vice is going to continue on NXT. She's got her contract and we're going to see what she ends up doing with that. But it seems like Electra Lopez is now possibly only going to be on SmackDown. I would like it if she was actually on both shows. I don't think that would hurt Electra Lopez. I think it would help Electra Lopez being on both shows because she could get more reps in doing matches on NXT and it seems like we've seen this growth from her. And all of a sudden, now she's moved on over to SmackDown. So I would actually like it if she was on both shows simultaneously. Because on SmackDown, she could be like the voice and more of the manager type of role. But on NXT, she could be more of the actual wrestler. And until she continues to advance and get better... Then on SmackDown, she can start wrestling a lot more with some of the other women. So I would like 
to see her on both shows simultaneously, but we'll see what they end up doing there. But truthfully, this was a big win for me, and I was a big fan of what they did here. I thought they did a phenomenal job. Stephen Marchuli says, Lexus King has a money character. He's killing it, man, and the people are interested. They're interested. Um, we got Will Chisholm who says, nothing wrong with a short match if it's like this. I believe them two women hate each other. Agreed. Like, it wasn't a long match. It was a few minutes, but they made every minute count in this matchup. So, honestly, kudos to them. Really, really kudos to them. But speaking of making every minute count... Make every minute count when you're eating Magic Spoon. My New Year's resolution is to cut back on sugar and add more protein to my diet to help me stay on track of my fitness goals this year. And Magic Spoon makes that easier and more delicious than ever. Magic Spoon comes in a variety pack. The four flavors are cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Only 140 calories a serving. It's high protein, has 0 grams of sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. My favorite flavor is the fruity one. Head on over to magicspoon.com slash Denise to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use my promo code Denise at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, start the new year off right with a delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash Denise and use the code Denise to save $5 off. Alrighty, everyone, let's get to it. We got a super chat here from Benoit Richter. Thank you so much for sending this in. Uh, he says, hey, Denise, do you think they're building Joe Gacy like a distorted mirror of Ilya Dragunov? The unique way Joe expresses his, express his relentless. Huh. I don't think I compare Joe Gacy or Ilya Dragunov together in any realm of this universe. They feel totally different to me i'm not really sure what to make of joe gacy right now i don't hate it but i don't love it either i think it's more of a wait and see type of thing but we did have and i did like this by the way we had die jack and joe gacy in this backstage segment today and they're in this dark room they start fighting and they kind of continue on with the show right we continue on and then i forgot which match but at some point we hear commentary go like oh my god there's breaking news there's breaking news breaking news whatever right they go to the outside these two guys are fighting on the top of some truck and die jack ends up throwing joe gacy into a dumpster and then later on in the show, Dijak is being yelled at by the new GM, Ava Rain, and she's like pissed off that he did this. And Dijak's asking for a no DQ match. And she's like, no, what makes you think that Joe Gacy is capable of competing after what you did to him? And then out of nowhere, Joe Gacy comes out of the trash and he's got trash all over him. And he's like, that sounds like fun. And so the match is official. We're going to be seeing Dijak versus Joe Gacy in a no DQ match. So at least now they're getting to an actual matchup here because for the most part, they just have Joe Gacy as being the weird guy. It's all he is right now is just the weird guy on NXT. He's distorted, 
But I wouldn't say he's the distorted mirror of Ilya Dragunov, though. Two totally different people, two totally different presentations. But we'll see. We'll see what they end up doing with Joe Gacy. Uh, I do think that this may be, though, a lot better than what they were having him do when he first started on NXT, where he was having all of this like really weird promos that were like super wordy and I don't know, just a little weird. This is definitely better. This is weird in a better, good way. And so, eh, you know what? Maybe I like it more than I thought. Honestly, now that I thought about it, I like it more than I thought that I originally did. Plus, because I think about what he was doing prior, which was the schism, and that really wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't going anywhere anymore. So I think the breakup of the schism was definitely the right thing to do. Even though at some point I was trying to tell myself that I was a fan of the schism, but I think I was just trying too hard. I think I was just trying too hard to really like the schism. But anyways, better idea to break them all up. They're all, well, the two of them that are left are off doing better things. At least maybe just for Ava Rain. Never mind. Maybe Ava Rain is really just the one going off and doing better things. Because now she's got this like big featured role as the youngest ever GM in WWE. Uh, thank you so much to Ben Waffer, uh, this super chat. I appreciate it, man. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the rest of NXT. Ridge Holland versus Lexus King. We we're just talking about Lexus King right now. People are really into him. Uh, I thought this match was all right, man. I am a little bit confused by what they're trying to do with Ridge Holland. I, I thought I understood what was going on because they were first making him seem like he was injury prone, not just for himself, but to injure other people as well. And Ava Rain was talking about kind of protecting him from himself. I didn't really understand that. I don't know why he needs to be protected from himself. If he needs to be protected, then that means he probably should, like if the story is that he needs to be protected because he's harmful and he gets hurt because they did a prompt, they did a whole interview where he talked about how many times he's hurt himself. So if they're protecting him, from getting hurt, then why would he be wrestling? That makes zero sense. So I think I'm a little bit confused as to what exactly is going on here with Rich Holland. All we know is that they clearly want to protect him for whatever reasons. And two, he has no friends because today he was attacked by Gallus and they took him out. Nobody helped him out. They then put his leg through a chair and then hit him with another chair. Thus, probably injuring him so i'm not expecting to see rich holland in action for a bit so i'm not really sure what's going on here but this doesn't feel like a step up i think this kind of feels like a step down because when rich holland first came into nxt he came in and keep in mind like rich holland has a really great look he's got a great physique so i'm thinking all right like things are gonna go pretty good here for rich holland like we're gonna see a really cool you know badass presentation of ridge and I think instead they've kind of weakened the man. He feels weak on the roster. I, I don't want to root for a weak man. I'm sorry. Like they just haven't, I don't know. He went from like, oh yeah, he came in looking tough, looking good to all of a sudden he's supposed to be this weak dude getting attacked and getting injured all the time or getting other people injured. So for me, it hasn't really been working what they've been doing for Ridge Holland. Maybe I'm not understanding what they're doing here, but just based off of my interpretation, of what we're seeing here with Ridge. I'm not that big of a fan. I'm not a fan of the story. I don't even know what the story is, but I'm not a fan of it. We'll see. And now for Lexus King, 
I think Lexus King has sort of been, for me, it feels like they're trying a bunch of different things with Lexus King and trying to see what works. I don't think he's had like a really great match yet on NXT. I think they've all been okay. So I've been sort of waiting for like a really good match with Lexus King with someone that he really has good chemistry with. Maybe the best one was definitely the one that he had at NXT Deadline with Carmelo Hayes. That was definitely the best match. But on NXT television, though, I've been sort of waiting to see him really click with somebody else in the ring because a lot of the matches, they really haven't stood out to me just yet. And I think it may just be uh, the opponents that he's had. I don't really think that they've had that great of a chemistry. So I hope that they find him a good feud. It may be Rich Holland. I don't know. But right now it kind of seems like that is sort of Maybe they'll circle back to it. Maybe they won't. I'm not really too sure. I would imagine that they would, considering that uh, Gallus took out Ridge Holland. So I feel like when Ridge Holland comes back, because he's going to have to be out for a bit after this, he's going to have to sell this for at least a week or two, then continue on and maybe come back and do something again with Lexus King. But I don't know, guys. I'm not feeling this one. I'm not feeling this one at all. And let's see. I don't feel like... I think a lot of people are sort of feeling the exact same way because I'm reading the comments and I don't think a lot of people are saying all that. Well, we got Christopher here who says Lexus King versus Rich Holland tonight. The match was physical and good too. Man, I think we saw two different matches, Christopher. <laughs> I wasn't into it, um, but I'm happy you liked it. I think I was just like a little bit out of it. Uh, man, and maybe I should go back and rewatch it because I didn't feel that strongly about it, but. Let me know how you guys felt about it in the comments. Fallon Henley versus Ariana Grace. Talk about feeling something. I was definitely feeling this match. All right. I was a fan of this. The reason I was a fan of this is for multiple reasons. And that is Ariana Grace. I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to say maybe halfway through this year, at some point from the middle of this year towards the end, I truly think Ariana Grace is going to be one of our favorite characters, personalities on NXT. She has very, very quickly just gotten her character down. She plays so well to the crowd. She just gets it, guys. She gets how to look at the camera. She gets how to do little things in between the moves. She gets how to um, interact with the crowd. Every little thing falls in line with her character, the way that she sells things, the way that she reacts to things, the way that she uh, celebrates things. Absolutely everything that Ariana Grace does is fun to watch. And, you know, in terms of like the in-ring portion of it all, she's not bad. We still haven't seen like any sp spectacular breakout match from her yet, right? But I think that's to come. And the moment we do get to see that breakout match for her, and given that she's already got all of the character elements down, I truly believe that Ariana Grace is going to be a fan 
favorite on NXT. And she's probably already a favorite of yours, but I'm talking like a real fan favorite, like someone who's being talked about, like Tiffany Stratton, like Roxanne Perez, like these people who are legitimate fan favorites on the show. I think Ariana Grace is on her way to that. And Felon Henley, you know, she's out there going out there with, um, she's sort of taking Ren Sinclair under her wing. And Ren, Ren is basically your, I would say she's, being presented as your average girl. She just wants to go in. She wants to fit in. She wants to have friends. She may have a little bit of anxiety. She may be like overly excited. Uh, so I do like how they're presenting Ren Sinclair. Eventually, she's going to, you know, grow up, get some confidence and find herself on the roster. But right now, she's the new kid on the block and she's just trying to find her place in this world of the WWE universe. So I do like what they're doing with Fallon. I love Fallon. I can't wait for Fallon to get her opportunity all the way at the top. I feel like she's just kind of, it's not her time yet, but her time will come soon because I do think Fallon Henley is 100% the total package there. I'm a big fan of hers. And so we end up seeing this match between Fallon Henley and Ariana Grace. I mentioned all the things I liked about Ariana. Uh, there were some fun moments in here, like Fallon punches her in the face and she's like, oh, like selling it like very dramatically. But eventually Fallon gets, ends up getting screwed because Lash Legend comes out, hits her with the boot to the face. The referee didn't see because he was distracted by um, Jakara Jackson. And so Ariana gets the win and she's like super shocked that she won this match. It was very funny. Uh, I liked the way that they worked this entire thing. It was very, very character heavy. And I was a fan of that. Honestly, uh, Benoit Richter said here, she's fun to watch. I feel it. Definitely feel it. Uh, Arnold Nicholson Jr. says uh, Ariana has, has a chance to be a main roster player. Oh, yeah. You know, earlier, Stephen was mentioning how he wants to see her do something with Chelsea Green. Oh, that interaction would be absolutely phenomenal. Chase you. Chase you. We were kind of already touched on them, but basically they're, you know, they were losing their school. We already knew that wasn't going to happen. I felt this went way too long for what we already knew what was going to happen. We already knew JC Jane was going to save the day with either some sort of whatever this calendar that they did. We didn't know exactly that it was going to be a calendar. I know, like I said earlier, some of us may have thought OnlyFans. We weren't really too sure, but it's a calendar. Let's keep it PG. And so we get this very long Andre Chase University, Chase U University tribute video. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, we've already seen all this. Obviously, it's a tribute video, so we're ha we have seen it already. But I already knew JC Jane was going to come out. So I felt like it just took too long. It took too long for it to finally get to the point of JC Jane coming out and saying, I'm saving the school with this calendar. And then I... <laughs> Afterwards, she says how, um, what did she say? She said that now the school is going to be saved from debt and they're going to go on and they're going to be great for a whole other decade. And I'm thinking to myself, what? What are we talking about here? How do we already know that they're going to make it all the way to the other decade with the sales of this calendar? <sighs> I get that that was the point, guys. It was supposed to be super exaggerated. It was supposed to be what it was supposed to be, but... I think that I'm just not a fan of Chase U. I like Thea Hale. I like JC Jane, but the rest of it, 
it's just not for me. And I was kind of excited because I thought Chase U was going to die. I thought that was it. I thought Chase U University was going to be done. I, I hoped for it, even though I knew that JC Jane was going to save the day. I did hope for it. I'm a heel. I'm Drew McIntyre. I'm out here. I was praying for the downfall of Chase U. But not more so than I'm praying for the downfall of metaphor. I'd much rather, I'd much rather watch Chase U than metaphor. I'm still at that, guys. Sorry, metaphor. So sorry, metaphor. Uh, I do like Lash Legend a whole lot, but I'm still not a fan of the metaphor. Uh, Von Wagner challenged Noam Dar for the NXT Heritage Cup today, guys. And it went exactly the same way that all of the Heritage Cup matches go. Noam Dar won. He gets put through a table afterwards. That's all you need to know because it's the same thing over and over and over and over again. I'm so over the NXT Heritage Cup. I'm sorry if that makes me a heel, but I'm over it. Please, let's do something different with the Heritage Cup. It is the part of the show that I most struggle with. Most struggle with. At least with Chase U, I had some ha-has. I really did have some LOLs. I have not hawed, not even once with the metaphor stuff. It's a little bit, it's my least favorite part of the show. I'm sorry, that's where I'm at right now. The chat, y'all can turn on me. I'm brave enough to take the heat. I'm brave enough to take the heat, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, man. That's where I'm at with all of that. I'm not alone in this. Thank you. Kaden Crawford also feels the same way that I do. I got a couple of people saying the same thing. So good. I'm not alone. I don't want to feel alone in this. I know I was alone with the Chase You stuff. That one I was alone. <laughs> but I don't think I'm alone with the metaphor stuff. Um, all right, guys. And I'm trying to think if I skipped anything else or if I got everything already from NXT. That was pretty much it, guys. Um, that was NXT for today. Uh, like I said, I think that the top, like the, the items that I mentioned at the top were really good. And overall, it was a fun show. Uh, the only things I didn't care for were the Chase U stuff and the metaphor stuff. Everything else was very enjoyable. I had a good time with it. And I am going to be here, by the way, on... <laughs> I am going to be here on Sunday to talk about Vengeance Day. So you know what? I might as well do some very quick uh, Vengeance Day predictions. Although I'm pretty sure. Um, let me just go through that. I want to go through the card really quickly and just give quick picks here. Uh, but we have Tim Weiner Jr. Who's been a member for nine months. Tim is not a fan of the Judgment Day. And he says metaphor still better than Judgment Day. Tim, I will die on this hill. Judgment Day is way better than the metaphor. Way better. What are we talking about? But I know that Tim will also die on the hill that metaphor is better than Judgment Day. Uh, so you know what that means? We're both going to be dead on the same exact hill. Um, all right, guys. Let's go ahead and get into this NXT Vengeance Day predictions. All right. So Dijak versus Joe Gacy. Two guys that desperately, desperately need a win. Dijak has been losing like every single big match. Joe Gacy is trying to find himself. This is a no DQ match. I feel like at this point, I I'm just going to say it. I think Dijak needs to win, guys. Dijak needs to win. I feel like he's lost way too much. He just can't keep losing left and right. But at the same time, you know what? Fudge. I kind of take it back. Joe Gacy really needs this win. Poor guy. He's lost, man. He's so lost. I take it back. Joe Gacy needs this win, guys. 
I can't decide. All right, six-person mixed tag team match. We've got the family versus OTM. Kind of the same thing here. Tony D, Channing, Stax Lorenzo, and Adriana Rizzo. I really like all of the skits that they do, but that's kind of been about it. Like, the skits is really the only thing we get from them. Same thing with OTM. And they're a new group with Lucian Price, Bronco Nima, and Jada Parker. They're a new group, so they kind of need some momentum behind them. Damn, both of these matches that I've mentioned, these are ones that could really go either direction. Um, usually I feel like it's a lot easier to predict some of these matches for the NXT PLEs. This one, they can really go any direction. I'm a little bit of a bigger fan of the family. So for that reason, I'll go with the family, only because I'm a little bit bigger of a fan. And I like the way that Adriana Rizzo talks. Adriana Rizzo, I could hear her talk all day. I really like the way she talks. All right, singles match for the NXT Championship. Uh, Ilya Dragunov versus Trick Williams. I can't imagine that Trick Williams is going to get his happy ending at Vengeance Day, so I'm going to say Ilya Dragunov retains. Uh, we have a singles match for the NXT North American Championship, Obafemi versus Dragon Lee. I'm definitely expecting expecting Obafemi to get the win. NXT Women's Championship, Lyra Valkyria versus Roxanne Perez. I'm also expecting Lyra Valkyria to retain with the help of Tatum Patsley, possibly. And then we have the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals with the winners receiving a future shot at the NXT Tag Team titles. So I'm going to go with Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin defeating Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. So six matches. I'll be here on Sunday to talk about them on the post show for Vengeance Day. Lawrence Ross says, thank you so much for the super chat, says, I know we are finished with NXT, but the Heritage Cup is mid, but you have to love the best entrance in NXT with metaphor. You're crazy, Lawrence Ross. You're crazy. Um, hey, who has the best entrance on NXT? It's Trick Williams. Actually, Trick Williams legitimately has the best entrance in NXT. Uh, and Booker T doing the, yeah, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And all of the sound effects that he makes at Trick Williams' entrance just adds so... It's freaking hilarious. I can't sing Whoop That Trick when I'm singing it by myself without adding the Booker T parts in all of this. I was literally walking to my kitchen snacking during NXT going, Whoop That Trick. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Whoop That Trick. Um, they really, It's a very, very fun song to sing. When he comes out with Carmelo Hayes, I get mad because then we get the remix of the song where it's Trick Williams' theme and then it's Carmelo's and then it's Trick's and then it's Carmelo's. I hate it because you're vibing, you're in the middle of the song and then you forget. You always forget and then it goes to Carmelo's song and you're like, oh man, I don't got nothing to chant there. Or you could, you could actually, but it's just more fun to chant whoop that trick. So. There you go. Uh, thank you so much to Lawrence Ross. I appreciate the super chat. Seriously. All righty, guys. That is it for today. That is the NXT show. I will be back tomorrow with Righteous Reg to talk about AW Dynamite. Go check out all of the Royal Rumble content. Give them some love. Leave some comments. Do the thing. It helps me out tremendously. And I will catch you guys tomorrow. Bye, everyone.